0: This is KMTT, the Sheer in Agadot Perikhelek. This is Ezra Vick. Last week we began the Perik on Dafzadi in Sanhedrin. And, uh, we saw our first answer to the question, what is the source for the resurrection of the dead in the Torah? And the Gemara brought a, uh, a proof text from the statement made in Bamidbar. Et Hashem kohen. The Torah says to give truma, the tithes of the of the uh, produce of the land, should be given to Aaron HaKohen. The Torah says but Aaron never ever received, could he have received, truma, because he died in the desert. And truma only began afterwards. So, order for this Pasuk to be uh, true, that you shall give the truma to Aaron, you will give the way the uh, interprets it, as you will give, it means that you'll be able to do it in the future. From here, that Ivan Kohen will be resurrected. I explained that the meaning, the inner meaning of this um, this source gives us an answer as to what the importance of Tchiat HaMetim is. Why is resurrection an important an important belief in Judaism? What this uh, source is trying to imply is that, it's what I called the second chance. Uh, Aron A Kohen, his full fulfillment of his life. He's Aron the priest. He's Aron A Kohen. For Akohein not to receive Trumotu Masrat means that you you're undermining the essence of his existence. But in our first lives, what we call Ulamaza, uh, nobody achieves fully that which he was destined for. Disappointment, lack of fulfillment, is an essential ingredient a necessary a facet of life in this world and that is what the resurrection of the dead is all about ulama future life in a spiritual plane reward and punishment that's something else but that a person should be able to fulfill his destiny to fulfill the meaning of, 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 of his existence for that you can't possibly do that in one life and in this case, it brought an example from Aaron Kohen, a man who had a very rich and wonderful life, undoubtedly. He was a great tzaddik and and received Olam Haba. But something was missing, because he was a Kohen. He never received chuma. Uh, continue with a second example, which I think is the exact same principle, perhaps even in a stronger manner. The next uh, answer of the Gemara to the question, Minayin l'tchiyat amitim Torah, Amud amudbet, Exact uh, exact middle of the daf. Tanya Rabbi Simai Omer Minayin the Tchiyat Meitim and Atorah mm-hmm. Vegam Hakimot Yet Briti Itam Latait Lahem Et Eretz Kenan. Mm-hmm. pasuk in Shmoed God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, pointing out that he had been the God of Abraham Via VeYakov, and, and I shall also fulfill my covenant with them to give them. The land of Canaan. Lachem lo neemar el Doesn't say that I will fulfill my promise, my covenant with the forefathers by giving you, Moshe and your people, Eretz Canaan, Eretz Yisrael. It says I will, in the story that's about to take place, Yitzhat Mitzrayim, I will fulfill my covenant and give them Eretz Canaan. So obviously you'll say the Pshat is that by giving it to us, he's giving it to them. I give it to the children, he has fulfilled his promise to the forefathers. But technically, the Pasuk says, I will fulfill my covenant with them, the patriarchs, by giving them the land. Lachem lo ne'ema, it doesn't say give you. It says give them. So, the Gemara says, Rabbi Simai said, this implies that sometime, God has promised to give the land of Israel to the patriarchs themselves. Not in their descendant's name. Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov will receive Eretz Kenan. Well, they haven't received it yet. They died several years ago. There will come a time when Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, Mamash, in their bodies, will be residents, will be owners, will be inheritors of Eretz Israel. So therefore, there must be a time of resurrection. My comment on this uh, on this uh, source is exactly the same as what I said about Avon, but I think even stronger. The idea that Avram Yitzhak ve Yaakov, not just the, they weren't just the forefathers of the Jewish people. Their whole lives go about, surround the idea of Nachalat Eretz of Eretz Yisrael. Avram Avinu is, is the first thing said to him by God was And then later on in Betel, God says and I will give you this land. The 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 inheritance in Eretz Yisrael is a defining feature of the Avot. This I think is true as opposed to Avot on many different levels. It's true on the individual level. The life of Avon Yitzhak was the, the search to accomplish acquiring the land. But of course, also, there's an extra factor here, namely that Abraham Yitzhak and are, they are us. They they represent the Jewish people. And uh, so the combination of their individual lives with their, so to speak, public lives, their representational lives, as being the Jewish people encapsulated, So it's true that the Jewish people receive Eretz Yisrael, well, but they didn't receive it in their, in their own lives. And in that sense, they c- can't quite be seen as being fully Jewish, which is... Definition of their lives. They were the patriarchs, meaning they were the avot. They were the founding exemplars of being Jewish. Yiddishkeit without Eretz Yisrael is not Yiddishkeit. Amisal without Eretz Yisrael is not Amisal. So therefore, the avot without Eretz Yisrael is also not Eretz Yisrael. Of course. Exaggerating, they actually lived in Eretz Israel. The children did acquire it fully; they acquired it partially, symbolically. Avot Siman walked over all of Eretz Israel. He brought but the point was it wasn't fully done. There's a fallacy. There's a flaw in the picture. God says, "I will give it to them literally." And if he gives them to them literally, there has to be resurrection in the future. Once again, I think this is the theory of second chances. Abba Avinu had a long and wonderful life. He's said Olam Haber, no complaints. But he didn't fulfill his ultimate destiny. His ultimate destiny is to be acquire the portion, the totality of Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. The, the relationship of, of, of Aaron to receive in Truma. The relationship of Avraham Yitzchak, Yaakov. To earth Israel is that exactly the same relationship. It's what you exist for, but you never quite got there all the way. Okay, let's continue. Um, there comes a a encounter. You meet the next Gemara. Between Rabban Gamliel and Haminim. And the heretics. The word Minim in the Gemara can mean many different kinds of people, it's hard for us to know. Uh, sects and groups of, uh, of heretics in the time of of Baye Cheney and afterwards. Uh, these particular heretics don't like Tchatamaitim, they don't believe in resurrection. Uh, we can be fairly certain that, as opposed to other places where the Minim are Judeo Christians, in this case we assume not, because Christians don't have a problem with resurrection. Shalum minim b'rabban Gamliel Minay paruchu mechayemitim. They asked him, "What is your source that God will resurrect the dead?" Amar leh minat torah Remember, our Mishnah is interested in only minat torah. The article of faith is that tcheta is minat torah. Uh, tcheta as being found in the v'im, is not that difficult a question there's at least one explicit pasuk in say Daniel. Uh, but nonetheless, in this particular story, we're going to be interested mostly in the pasuk of the Torah, but, He has to be psukim. There is a, a uh, form in Chazal argumentation. We have to prove something, you prove it with three texts, one from the Torah, one from the Bim, one from the Nebihim. He brought them the three texts and they rejected all three. The first one, the one that interests us immediately, is Minat Torah. It's a different pasuk than we've had till now. Minat Torah, Dechdiv, El Moshe Imavotecha VeKam. Okay, this is a truncated reading of a longer pasuk, which is exactly the point of the discussion between Mumliel and the Minim. In the end of Devarim, Moshe Rabbeinu is about to die, and it's the end of Vayelech, and God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, "When you die, it's not going to be good." The people in your absence will sin. And that's why you have to write shirat ha'azino and teach it to them so they should know that this is what's going to take place in the future. So the Pasuk reads, and this is how it reads when we read it in, in Shul, with Ta'amim, the Masoretic reading of the text. It God said to Moshe, you will lie with your fathers, so you will die, and this people shall arise and go astray after foreign gods. Now, since there's no punctuation in the Torah, you can read Psukim differently. So Ramlio read the Pasuk as Bayoma Shemel Musha, Inchashibha, Vekam, you will lie with your forefathers and you will rise. Then the Pasuk continues. Ha'amazebizana. It's very difficult to read the Pasuk fully the way Ramlio suggested. Truncated, it can be read, but you have to then take care of the rest of the word. So apparently you read it as, you shall lie with your fathers and rise, and this people will go astray after foreign gods. So they answered him precisely that, that he, they thought he was reading it wrong. Vakam is the first word of the second half of the Pasuk, not the last word of the first half of the Pasuk. Not that you shall lie with your fathers and arise, but you shall lie with your fathers. And this people will arise, and arise this people and follow, uh, go astray after foreign gods. Since in Hebrew the verb can precede the subject, kama Ha'amazeh so the word Vekam it can be read in going one or two directions. So this wasn't a good proof text because the Minim, the Heretic them you can read it the other way around. Okay. Uh, there's an answer to most of these texts. That's, that would be the answer to this text. This particular example is actually quoted in the Gemara elsewhere as one of three Psukim the Torah, She'en We're really not sure how to read it. In this case, it's somewhat amazing because it seems clear what the better reading would be. But but the Gemara takes quite seriously this reading. You will lie with your fathers and you will arise. Okay, we're not going to discuss which is a more logical reading. It could be read this way, at least as a vemez, at least as a hint for Techat as, as I pointed out last week, there really is no explicit, it's clear to Chazal that there's no explicit teaching in the Torah of uh, the resurrection of the dead. We're looking to find the source, the hint of a source for something which we know to be true. But what does it mean that he will learn from a double reading of this Pasuk? Let's consider what the Pasuk is about. Moshe Rabbeinu is 120 years old. For 40 years, he's led, nurtured, carried, the Jewish people, on his shoulders. It's brought them from the state of being slaves to the state of being about to enter and conquer the land of Israel and to begin to be the Jewish people. Obviously, the point of Moshe Rabbeinu's life is to actually prepare them for that role, to educate them for that role. Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe Rabbeinu. He's a teacher. He's not a babysitter. God says to Moshe Rabbeinu something that sounds very much like failure. You know that after you die, when you're not around anymore to watch them hold their hands, chastise them, they're going to go and worship idols. The whole story is going to be completely Failure. They won't just, you know, maybe carry muks on Shabbos. They won't have a little bit of a decrease from the level that you brought them to. The whole accomplishment of your life, creating am oveid Hashem, is going to be is going to be is going to be destroyed by the people who you are educating. Nothing could be more depressing for Shlomo than to hear that. Now it's true the Pasha then continues, so we're doing a little bit of a prophylactic, we're preparing Shinat Hazinu. This will be read to them and they'll remember and doesn't say this, but maybe they'll do chuva. Somehow this will at least but what it says actually in the Pasuk is not that they'll do chuva, but it says in the Pasuk is that this Pasuk will state to them that's why you're being punished. Should be no there should be no uh, no surprises. Since it's definitely gonna happen. And then God will be angry at them and will punish them. So let's get this down on paper so they should know. It was all predicted in advance. The way Chazal read the pasuk, for the purposes of proving the pasuk says the following. You know, you, you're going to die. Moshe Beno is 120 years old. He knows he's going to die very soon. He's been told a number of times he's going to die. You're going to die and you'll be resurrected and you will arise. But these people, your students, your children, your people, they are going to go astray after firing guns. What the Pesach is saying, the way Chazal read it, is that you, Moshe Rabbeinu, have two, two roles, or there are two ways of measuring a person's life. In terms of personal success, Moshe Rabbeinu has gotten to be 120 and his life is a success. It's true he's going to die and death is always failure, admittedly. You shouldn't have to die. But you're going to die. But you will arise. So you're going to be buried now, but taking the long view, yeah, it'll be okay you will come back, everything that you've done for yourself in your life, the personality that you've built, you're a Talmud Chacham, you're a you're a wonderful person, that's not going to go to waste, that's not going to disappear. You are going to, uh, you're going to have that forever, because even if you die now, it's like, going go to sleep, you wake up in the morning and you'll be Moshe Rabbeinu. But there's another level to your existence, and that's your Moshe Rabbeinu, Your job was to teach others. Your job was to lead others. Your job was to forge others. Your job was to make the Jews. To make the Jewish people. And here's the exact opposite. You will be resurrected. They, the Pesach states, is they will go astray, meaning they're just going to be lost. Nothing in the the following Pesachim indicates that there was hope for the Jews. Tshubah does not appear in the Vayerech or in Hazinu, what appears is punishment. The only thing that Sefer Hazinu, Shirat Hazinu, holds out is that there will be retribution for the the Goyim, for the people who oppress the Jews. And But, but redemption for the Jews isn't even hinted at. So I think this reading, what it's really saying is the following. It's saying that national history can be good or bad, can have ups or downs. And it's theoretically possible, I mean, there's, there are things missing, I think, from it's possible, but at least it's theoretically possible that the things that we build in this world will crumble. In other words, if I built a house, that's what I did in my life, I built a nice house, 50 years, 100 years, 500 years after I'm dead, a pile of rooms. The desert comes and covers the magnificent edifices and the fields that people once made. (inaudible) Tchiyat mitim guarantees that the spiritual accomplishments of a person will continue. And here I think is the important point. You could say, oh, okay, they continue in maybe in Olam Havre, some spiritual world. Now he says, what you've accomplished in your own personal life, that lives, that really lives. And therefore it will be expressed in, in, in living life. What you've accomplished in, called your political life, or your your external life, thats what you've contributed to the world. So that depends on the world. Moshe Rabbeinu has successfully, we can hardly call Moshe Rabbeinu a failure, Moshe Rabbeinu has successfully brought the people to the edge of the Jordan River. And these are different people than the ones he took out of Egypt. First of all, they're physically different, they're the next generation. But two, they're, diff- they're different kind of people. They're no longer subject to the same sins, to the same weaknesses, to the same uh, uh, lack of understanding, lack of ability to endure and to follow God that their fathers uh, were subject to because they were slaves. There's been a great accomplishment here. But, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, who knows? They have free will. Situation will change. What you build now, nothing in this world is forever. What is forever is you. So I think here, what's the idea, if I have to summarize, what is the idea of Triyatamaitim here? It's true, it's saying it's within this world, in other words, you will arise bodily. Vakam, you will arise from your, from your uh, grave. What it's saying is that it's drawing a distinction, a powerful distinction between our accomplishments in the world and our accomplishments in ourselves. I think somebody might claim that this could have been accomplished just as well by saying that there is a future spiritual world and there's a physical world. The physical world goes and passes, but our spiritual accomplishments exist in heaven. So Chazal understood, both in terms of their own understanding and in terms of this pasuk, that that's not good enough. Those, if you accomplish something in this world, it has to persevere in this world. And here they're drawing a distinction which may not be pleasant for some people to hear. And there's a particular philosophy involved in which I can see people arguing with. them. I mean, I... I have a certain reservation about it. But what it's saying is that your accomplishment in this world is yourself. Your personality. If Moshe Rabbeinu is a tzaddik, then the tzaddik is eternal. Cannot really die. Cannot be wiped out. Cannot disappear. But the things that you've invested in externally, again, not that they're unimportant. How do you call Amiso are important? It's not that you shouldn't be doing this thing, it's a waste of time. But what it's saying is there's no guarantee of eternity there. Once you, once you externalize something, then it doesn't depend on you anymore. If you build a house, the house has to stand on its own two feet. If you paint a painting, once you, it's your ideas, but once it's on the canvas, then it's canvas. And then it depends on the fire, the wind, the person who buys it, and in this world, yeah, things tend to decay. Apparently, and specifically, the the people will decay. A sorrowful and depressing fact of Jewish history. B'kama amazen vezana. B'farshu nimi, the the uh, the points out here that he thinks the meaning of pasuk sheeinu hechreya, pasuk has no. Uh, uh, find final way to read it. Doesn't mean that when unsure, but it means we should read it both ways. And I think that that produces a very, very powerful reading. You will die and arise, and these people will arise in sin. It's two different kinds of arising. You will arise, meaning you'll refuse to actually die. You will hold on and preserve your your nature, your personality, your stature, your your internal accomplishments as a personality. And they will arise to go in a different direction. Now they're sitting, but then they'll arise. They will arise and go. In order to walk, you have to first get up. So even though you think now you've planted them in Eretz Yisrael, you've planted them in a sitting position of permanence, they're going to get up and walk. It's two different getting ups. Moshe Rabbeinu arises from death and they're basically rising from life. They're arising from accomplishment to go off in another direction. So, Pesuk Shino Achreya means read it, read it both ways. The, the pasuk was formed in such a way that the word Vakam is the central axis which can be read forward and backwards and produces this, this distinction between internal and external accomplishment. Again, I want to repeat. I think there are other sides to Yiddishkeit. There are other sides to what happens to Amisal. This pasuk is very depressed about Amisal. They're going to sin and, and go astray and worship foreign gods, and God will leave them, and the Shirat Hazinu will testify against them. Now, we know that there's more to that story, it's just not found over here. Why it's not found over here is another question, but it's found in another parashiyah, that B'nai Saa will do tshuva, and God will never leave them. Lo ma'astim velo ga'altim l'chalotam, that remain the, 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 the Jewish people forever, in God's favor, God's people, and the Mashiach will come, and the, we rebuild Beit HaMikdash, and everything will end really wonderfully. So there's this other side as well but there's a point that's being made which I don't think we should, we should ignore. It says that there's this base distinction this concept of triata mitim is because there's a distinction it's not, it's not what I said before this is a different theory it's not the theory of second chances this is the theory of we work in this world but what we make in this world isn't really us. We work in this world because by working in this world we, we remake ourselves. So our personalities belong to this world. And so it's not enough to say, okay, there's a spiritual world and there you will sit and have a close relationship with God. Judaism is very this-worldly because this world is where I developed my personality by doing things. By building the table, I became a table maker. By working with Amisal, I became Masha Rabbeinu. But there's a distinction between what you've done externally and what you've become by engaging in the external world. What you've become is a guarantee of, of, of eternity, expressed in, since for some reason death is also a facet of life, of death and rebirth. The resurrection is the life. What you've produced externally, that's totally subject to this world. And there there's a there are laws which tend to, to wear them down. Surely we know that physical things will fade. And the poet will say, where are the snows of yesteryear? So many beautiful things we saw and they're gone. But the people, the person who's achieved something by doing those things which have faded from yesteryear, that is in some sense forever, that's the calm. It, even if it's, even if it's buried, it will come back. That's what this pasuk, that's what this pasuk is saying, in the context of the story. Of course, the heretics say that you can't prove that, and that's why they're heretics. Let me just read the other two pasukim, which are not in the Torah. That Rabbi Gamliel brought the same at the same instance. This is pasuk in that's more or less explicit. It says, "Your dead will arise; will live." The corpses will, will will arise. They will wake up, and those who, who who live in the dust, those who sleep in the dust, will sing. That's pretty explicit. Again, this doesn't mean interest the Mishnah because it's not a Pasuk Mina Torah. Mishnah wants a Pasuk Torah. But how could you possibly answer that? So they answered the heretics, Meitim Maybe this Pasuk is talking about it's not a future thing for all Jews or for even for the future. It's about something in the past. It's so something in the past, a particular incident in Yecheskel, where Yeheskel describes the resurrection of a particular bunch of people who were resurrected in Yecheskel's time and, and, and began to live. The resurrection of Zephyr Yecheskel, those who were buried in a Megdura. Alright, so that's their answer. Uh, it's a prophecy in Yeshayah that refers to something which took place not that many years after Yeshayah. In the time of Yecheskel, who's the next generation after after Isha Yaranavi. Uh, and the last Pasuk they brought ketuvim is a Pasuk uh, from Sherashirim, Biher It says Hiker Kiyayinatov then describes the Yana atov, the good wine. What does good wine do? So, think it says, Dovev Siftei Yishenim. It uh, arouses the lips of the sleepers. Because I understood, which I think is a pretty good shot, actually, the sleepers are not people who are sleeping, uh, and are mumbling in their sleep because they're drunk. Not a particularly beautiful picture to say to one's beloved, but it refers to the lips of those who are sleeping in the dust. Right? Those who are dead. So, it refers to the possibility of uh, people who are dead will speak again. And here... I think maybe you already throw the answer on, the, on, the, on your own. The heretics answered, What well, I mean, there's a mama chazal which reinterprets that. Uh, maybe it doesn't mean they'll be alive, but only that they'll talk. And it's a very famous mama uh, that when you quote a devout Torah from someone who is dead, so his lips um, murmur in the grave. It's a famous nama, and not uh, not native to uh, Sanhedrin, but rather in other places in Yvamot and Bichavot. We know what it means. It says that the connection of a person to a d- Dva Torah, it's similar to what I just said now. The connection of a person to a Dva Torah is different than the connection of a person to a house he built. The house fades, but if I quote a Dvart Torah, I quote a piece of Torah, a from the Rambam, from somebody who lived 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, so that is his, in fact, his internal life. It doesn't mean his lips move. It's not his physical. I don't think it means his physical lips move. It means the Torah belongs to him. When you quote something, when you say Torah in the name of someone who's dead, so you're, you're, he's alive in your mouth. His Torah is alive. And therefore, it's being expressed again as though he himself was expressing it. So that's very different than the physical resurrection of the dead. And that was their answer to him for quoting that Pasuk, and they rejected, rejected that proof as well. and finally he found the proof which they did accept. The fourth Pasuk. He usually wrote to them three, but now he found the fourth, because they were arguing with him. So finally he said to them, He quoted a pasuk again from the Torah. It's a different pasuk. This one is in Yud Aleph, But it's what we quoted beforehand. God says that which God promised your forefathers to give, meaning Eretz Yisrael, to give them. So this in terms of the final answer, we, uh, goes back to the what we call in the beginning of today's uh, She'ul, the idea that the Avot, Abraham Yitzhak Yaakov will have to receive, will receive and have to receive an actual portion in the physical land of Israel, for which they have to be physical, physically re, uh, recreated, resurrected, uh, resurrected themselves. That's what I called the theory of second chances. I Abraham mean, Lira's original answer was a the theory of second chances, but the theory of the permanency of the physical uh, the physical uh, expression of our internal spiritual lives. Okay, that's it for today. We have still quite a few more uh, sources, proof texts for Tchata Meitei Natorah, and that will keep us busy for the next for the next couple of weeks. I will see you next week on KMTT.